0: in today's scripture reading of Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw that he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, Turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Raise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. The Samaritan. Leper got it, and he was saved twice. The issue in this scene is not thanksgiving. The issue in this scene is not are you thankful. I don't think it would be possible for anyone to be healed of leprosy in the first century and not be grateful. That would just be an impossibility. There were few diseases as devastating to a person's entire life, maybe no disease more devastating to a person's life as leprosy in the first century. If an individual had white spots show up on his body, maybe his head, he would go through a process with the priest at the temple. If the spots were determined to be leprosy, the man's life was immediately turned into a living nightmare. He would become a a, a social exile. He would become a social outcast, a pariah, separated from the rest of the community. He would immediately be separated from his wife and children. If this were a child, he or she would be separated from parents. The leper had to live outside the city, away from any population. The leper's hair had to be unkempt. And his clothes had to be torn. They had to be rags. This was so anyone could see from a distance. That's a leper. I must stay away. This seems strict. But it was an extreme quarantine. In the ancient world to stop the spread of this disease. Think about that. If you're a husband, a father... Businessman, farmer, in the first century, you have white spots show up on your hand. It's determined that it's leprosy. You would have to leave your wife. You would have to leave your children. You must leave your house. You must leave your neighborhood. You must leave your business. Because you cannot have contact with any other person except another leper. You must move into the country. Your hair is always disheveled. Your dress is rags. It means a life of wandering and living in caves. And begging. Begging every day just to have enough to eat. Then there's the awful psychological destruction that takes place. You watch as your extremities begin to rot your nose, your ears, your hands, your fingers, toes. Your face becomes hideous. Not only that, but for the rest of your life, if someone's approaching you, you'll cry out, unclean. You'll wave your hands, unclean, unclean, I'm unclean, I'm dirty. And that's what you say about yourself constantly. Imagine shouting that to the world that you're unclean for years. Your only company is that of other lepers. You must wear a cloth over your mouth, sort of a first-century surgical mask, so that no contaminate will escape. You're numbered with the living dead. If it, was, if it was you that had leprosy in the first century, you would most certainly consider suicide. So when these men were healed from this hideous disease, rescued from that destitute life, do you think it's possible they weren't thankful That would be quite impossible. They had to be thankful. If you use this text to say to your children, now always, what does this tell us? It tells us to be thankful. You've missed it completely. Do you think Luke included this story so that we would always be thankful? Luke was writing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The incarnate son of God. And there's something much greater that happened here. So if this episode is not about always remembering to say thank you, then what is the message? The Samaritan leper got it. What did he get? First, the Samaritan's focus transitioned in this scene from what Jesus did to who Jesus was. Look at verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God, and with a, loud, with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. When Jesus answered, then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. Now we come to the heart and soul of the story. These men, all these men, as we said, had to be grateful. They had to be. They probably offered, the nine probably offered some sort of Thanksgiving at the temple. But look carefully at what happened and what Jesus said. The man returned praising God. And what did he do? What did he physically do? He fell on his face at Jesus' feet. There was more going on here than a patient thanking the doctor. He was praising God. And he threw himself at Jesus' feet. He was praising Jesus. You know, when... When we're sick, when we're seriously sick, maybe with a, a life-threatening disease or maybe one of our children's or maybe our husband or wife is. And, and it's diagnosed. And the doctor is just outstanding. And the doctor saves that life. The person is healed. Now, we might. In fact, you know we would. We would love that doctor we would profusely thank him every time years later we'd say thank you so much i'm still here because we might write a letter we might send a gift but none of us and there's people in this room that have been in that situation none of us had have ever fallen on our face before our doctor that has healed us and worshiped that's what's happening these men had known about Jesus of Nazareth. Consider it. They knew he claimed to be Messiah. More than that, because they were lepers, they had heard that there were lepers that they knew had to be, that Jesus had touched and made well. So they knew he made the blind to see. They knew he made the deaf hear. They knew he healed lepers. And here here Jesus was in a, in a, in a, on the border between Samaria and Judah. He's going into Samaritan town. And he they say, that's Jesus. And they start crying out. You have cried out too. The Samaritan. The Samaritan made the connection though. He came back and he was praising God. He fell in adoration and praise at the feet of Jesus. The others were grateful that they had been healed. But their gratitude failed to center on Jesus as Messiah of Israel. This man turned around and said, he's Messiah. Look at the question Jesus asked in verse 18. Was no one found to return and give praise to God? Jesus was saying that their prayers, their praise should have been directed to him. Are you the only one to return? They had personally experienced the healing power of the Messiah. Had they not understood that they were Jewish? They completely missed what should have been so obvious. The good news was they had been healed. The greater news was that they had had encountered the Son of God incarnate. That they had encountered the long-awaited Messiah. What would Isaiah have done just to touch Jesus? And these men had seen him. He had healed them of leprosy. The best news was not that they had been healed. The best news with the Messiah had come. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. And Jesus is saying, do the other nine not realize what happened? Who who can speak a word by fiat and take away leprosy? Only God can do that. The issue was not that they felt no gratitude. The issue was that their gratitude had not turned into praise centered on the Messiah, on Jesus Christ. The Samaritan's focus transitioned from what Jesus did to who he was. He got it. Secondly, I want you to see in this passage that we are inclined... To cry out more in our physical need than we are to cry out in our spiritual need. Look at verse 19. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I do not like that translate translation. I think they got it wrong. The Greek word here. For made you well is different than the word used in verse 15. Go back and look at 15 for a moment. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he looked at his hand and said, I'm healed. I don't have leprosy. That word heal there is a different word. It's used specifically used, it, it's specifically used for healing from diseases. But the word that Jesus used. There, when, when in, the, in verse 19, and he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. That's not the same word. In fact, it's quite a different word. It's the Greek word sozo. That's used prominently through the New Testament to talk about salvation, talk about being saved. Sometimes it is saved from plague, but it's also salvation from sin. when I have have written in my Bible, your faith has saved you. He wasn't talking about leprosy. Your faith has saved you. All the ten expressed some faith in Jesus when they cried out. Jesus said, go to the priest, show yourself to the priest. That's where it all started. Remember the priest diagnosed. Go show yourself to the priest. And they started, if if they hadn't had faith, they wouldn't have gone to the priest. They would say, there's no use. You can't, you know. But they started toward the priest. They were healed. All ten. But this man received a greater healing. In addition to being healed from leprosy, Jesus said, man... The just shall live by faith. Your faith has saved you. What does it say? Remember, remember early in his ministry? When he's in this house, and everyone's packed into that house. And Jesus is teaching, he's healing. And they, they bring that man on that mat, and he hadn't, he's paralyzed, and he can't walk. And they tear off the, the, the thatched roof and they let the man down in front of Jesus. And everybody's craning. Everybody's looking. And he says, you know, they're waiting. This man's going to walk away. And they expect Jesus to reach out and touch him. Say, get up and walk. And what did Jesus tell him? Do you remember? What did Jesus tell him? Your sins are forgiven you. Now, if you'd have been that paralyzed man lying there, you might have thought. I really don't care about my sins right now, Jesus. I just want to walk. You know, because we're concerned about such things. That's what was happening here. He wasn't saying. He had already, that man had already been healed. He said, your faith has saved you. That's the only thing that makes sense in this passage. Now, I must tell you, if I'd been a leper, I would have cried out with those men. No sane person with leprosy would have missed the opportunity of Jesus saying, there's Jesus. He's the one man in all the world. Not just in Israel. He's the one man in all the world that can speak and we don't have leprosy anymore. We would have shouted our heads off. I would have shouted that we would have turned into Pentecostals at that point, not Presbyterians. However, in reality, those other nine had a greater disease. In reality, they had a greater need. All ten of them did. The one who returned understood it. He fell at the feet of Jesus. That day that leper was healed twice. His body was healed of leprosy and his his soul was healed of sin. The nine who felt a general gratitude but failed to recognize Jesus as Messiah Failed to center on that, failed to praise him. Their bodies had been transformed, but their souls remained diseased. The healing changed their body, but did not change their heart. Think about that irony. In eternity, they will realize on that day when they saw Jesus, they had two diseases, two diseases, and the leprosy, and leprosy was the least serious. You understand that? They could have knelt at the feet of Jesus and said, you're the Messiah of Israel. What did Paul say? If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we will be saved. All of us have cried out to Jesus in desperation, all of us, about physical things around us. Maybe about debt, sickness, disease, cancer. Wayward children, drugs in the family. When's the last time we cried out in desperation about our own souls and about where we are spiritually? And you say, Well, oh, John, I'm a Christian. You see, it's not only if you're without Christ that you need to hear this this morning. I need to hear this because sometimes we as Christians are just spiritually destitute. Look at on your scripture sheet at Revelation 3:17. For you say, I'm rich I've prospered, and I need nothing. Jesus is speaking. These are the words of Jesus. For you say, I'm rich, I've prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched and pitiable, and poor and blind and naked. Who did he say that to? To whom did he say that? He said it to the church of Laodicea. Read it this afternoon. He was speaking to a church. He was speaking to Christians when he said that. They thought they were fine. And, they, you know, they probably looked fine. They had, they had enough to eat. They had money. They had a house. They had, what, you know, whatever they needed. And they were quite content. And he said, you don't realize that you're wretched and pitiful? and poor, and blind, and naked. We are inclined to cry out more in our physical need than we are to cry out in our spiritual need. The Samaritans' focus transitioned from what Jesus did to who he was. We are inclined to cry out more in our physical need than we are to cry out in our spiritual need. Thirdly, Finally, we are more inclined to believe that leprosy can be healed than unacceptable outcast people can be saved. Let me say it one more time. We are more inclined to believe that leprosy can be healed, that physical thing can be healed, than unacceptable outcast people be saved. Look at verse 18 was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner. Jesus was not speaking to the man when he said that. His disciples were right there. Look at his disciples. <laughs> Is it only those, those nine were Jewish? Is it only the Samaritan that returned? Notice the disciples did not say anything. They didn't like this, I can tell you. These same disciples just a few months earlier had been on the Samaritan, had been inside of, 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 of the area of Samaria. And they had gone into a village and, and, and Jesus was with them and the village says, we don't want you here, Samaritans. And do you know what those loving, kind, wonderful disciples with Jesus, you know what they said? They turned to Jesus and says, hey, let's call down fire on them. Let's burn the whole place down. They said that because they were Samaritans, they hated them. They were half-breeds. Remember when in in Acts chapter two, read it this afternoon. There's a the the it's the Jewish feast day of Pentecost. We identify Pentecost as when the Holy Spirit came, but it was a Jewish feast day. That's when he came. That's when he fell, and it was a huge feast, and people from all over the Mediterranean area were there, and it names them Cappadocia. Cyprus, names, all these places. The city was packed. Thousands, tens of thousands of people that didn't live there, but from all over the world. If you read those listed names, Samaria is not listed. Samaria was not listed. He didn't list it. Jesus was saying to his disciples. This man was an outcast because he had leprosy. This man was a social pariah because he had leprosy. He was also a social pariah because he's a Samaritan. He said, Peter, I can heal leprosy And I can save lepers for an eternity. And Peter, one day you're going to preach a sermon. And you will see Greeks come. You will see Egyptians come. You'll see Gentiles come. You'll see Romans come. And you will see Samaritans come, Peter. Do you understand? And you will sit down and eat with them. That day, Jesus did not see nine Jewish lepers and one Samaritan. He just saw ten lepers. And Jesus doesn't look out and see rich sinners and poor sinners, country club sinners and blue-collar sinners, white sinners, black sinners, Republican sinners, Democratic sinners. And you see sinners. the man was twice a leper, twice an outcast. He had physical leprosy and he had spiritual leprosy. And that day, Jesus healed him. And he turns to his disciples at the end and said, do you realize what I just there is a novel that is close to the top of my all-time favorites. Victor Hugo's Les Miserables. Victor Hugo, the whole theme of the book, the whole theme of the novel, the whole theme is law versus grace. Are you going to live by the law or are you going to live by grace? Several decades ago, A very gifted composer, writer, turned that into a musical. And when I heard about it being done, I said, There's no way that the words in the music are going to match the depth, the profound depth of the words in the novel, in the play. I was shocked. The words that they sing it's all it's all about a contrast between law and grace by the way Les is rob for, for 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 years it it played on broadway and it's they're they're bringing it back now it's coming to the orpheum uh, the end of november first of december but there's a character his name is then deer. And he is slimy, greasy, low life. He's a thief. He cheats customers. He steals from the dead. He's awful. He's just a slime ball. At the end of the at the, the at the end of the play. He's at a wedding feast. A huge wedding feast. He's Been invited. You can look at him and say, what's he doing here? He's been invited. He's there. And he sings. This is what he sings. Ain't it a laugh. Ain't it a treat. Hobnobbing here among the elite. Here comes a prince. There goes a Jew. One's This one's a queer, but what can you do? Paris at my feet. Paris in the dust. And here I am breaking bread with the upper crust. Beggar at the feast. Beggar at the feast. That's what all of us are. How does heaven look at us? How do the angels look at us? Probably pretty much what I said about this man. Jesus heals the lepers. And we're all lepers. We're all outcasts. And we're all beggars at the feast. are Our-